Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. And if you are not a dad, I hope you can show some love and appreciation for your own dads today. And happy late Juneteenth. It's actually really exciting that Juneteenth is uh, an official federally recognized holiday. And um, it is a very um, important day in our nation's history. And so I hope uh, we can all remember it and celebrate it in our own ways uh, moving forward. And it's really exciting that 2021 is like the first official year that our country has been recognizing it. Uh, although it's been celebrated for um, over 100 years though um, now in our country uh, when uh, the last like large population of slaves were um, emancipated in uh, Texas. Um, uh, there were some other slaves um, who were still around in like some smaller states, but um, this is the day, uh, Juneteenth was the day that we recognize the emancipation of American slaves, of, of African-American slaves. And so it is a kind of an eventful weekend Especially now that uh, on Tuesday, um, in California at least, in Los Angeles County, uh, the COVID lockdown restrictions, um, not all, but a lot of them, most of them, I think, have been lifted from public spaces, which includes houses of worship, like our church, which is why we are preparing to meet in real life in July, as well as um, gyms. Uh, you don't have to wear your mask at the gym which is like so liberating, you know, have, having to work out with a mask on is so hard. Um, schools though, uh, they still, I think they still have to wear their masks, right? Um, restaurants, you don't need to wear a mask, most restaurants, but I know each uh, individual businesses will vary. But yeah, I've really felt that difference this week and I hope you have too, uh, especially if you've been vaccinated, hopefully you're walking around uh, maskless and feeling a little bit more free and safer. So this past week, a couple of days ago, um, I kind of wanted to celebrate that um, and also kind of give my wife a break. And so my brother and I took my two kids to go camping. And I'm gonna show you a few pictures here. Um, we went to uh, this campsite up in uh, Big Pines which is in the Angeles Crest or Angeles Forest and Angeles Forest. And um, it was nice. It was like about an hour and a half drive. The drive was pretty rough because it was really windy and it was through a bunch of mountains. But um, our site was actually really nice, as you could see. Uh, it was really shaded, you know, uh, it had a picnic table. It even had like an outhouse. Okay, the outhouse part is not that nice. But there's running water, there's like a faucet with like uh, uh, clean water coming out of it. And so, yeah, it was fun. It was a really, really fun time. Um, but what was really nice about it is that this most of this week was really, really hot where uh, I live um, in Pasadena. And probably in your neck of the woods too, unless you, prob unless you live like really close to the coast. I know some of our church members live like in Torrance and in the West Side and um, even a couple people down in San Diego. 
And so for those of you who live right by the beach, uh, you suck. <laughs> but for some of us who live more inland, um, man, there were a couple days that it hit over 100 degrees this week. It was really, really hot. So going up into the mountains was actually like significantly cooler. And so that was really, really nice. And I was thinking about how we are entering into summer now uh, very, very soon. I th maybe summer starts officially in a couple days. Uh, but it definitely feels like summer and we are going through these like seasonal changes but even more significantly than the actual seasons changing is that we are moving out of covid lockdown into this new normal and as we talked about in um, a couple weeks ago when when we looked at the story of the israelites uh, leaving the desert that they wandered around for 40 years and entering into the promised land. Um, we are kind of in that transition stage, which is why we're in this series called Transitions. We are going to move out of COVID lockdown and into this new normal. And maybe during this past year, you've gone through your own personal transitions. Maybe you've went from one job to another job. Maybe you went from being a student to becoming a, a working person. Um, maybe you went from being um, married uh, without kids to being married with kids, right? We've seen a lot of transitions these, um, this past year. And with these like significant seasonal changes, it could be very taxing and it could be uh, very challenging for our well-being, for our spiritual health. It throws our rhythm out of whack and you know we kind of have to readjust our schedules sometimes we have to readjust our finances and we might even need to readjust our uh physical being okay uh, maybe some jobs are more demanding than our previous jobs if you are a new parent or you became a new parent recently you know for sure that's physically demanding or maybe you're you moved maybe you moved homes maybe you moved from one city to another city and like moving itself is physically demanding and it could take up a lot of your energy um, physically and also mentally okay and so with all of these transitions it's always important to never neglect our spiritual health now change happens all the time right and you know seasons will change and our lives will change and we will leave one chapter of our lives and enter into another chapter of our lives and this is exactly what the author in the book of ecclesiastes is talking about tradition has it that the author of ecclesiastes is king solomon who was the son of the famous king david However, there is some controversy behind this because even though there are hints throughout the book of Ecclesiastes that Solomon might be the author, there is not enough evidence to support this. For example, in the very first verse of the book, uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 1, it states, The words of the teacher, son of David. Now, reading this can easily point to King Solomon as the author, especially since it is a wisdom book and King Solomon is the literal son of David. However, 
the phrase son of can refer to descendant. So it can mean David's direct son, or it could mean his great-great-grandson. Uh, also, in other books of the Old Testament, like Proverbs and Song of, Song of Songs, Solomon's name is clearly addressed as the author, whereas Solomon's name does not appear once in the entire book of Ecclesiastes. But even though we're not absolutely certain of the authorship of Ecclesiastes, we do know a few things about him. For one, we know that he was a teacher. He was a very wise teacher. <coughs> we also know that he was a king. And uh, lastly, we also know that he was a father. He was a dad, which is why it's appropriate that we're looking at this passage on Father's Day. So we know that he was wise. We know that he was rich and powerful. And we know that um, he had a desire to pass down his knowledge to his children. Okay, so he, he was a caring father, all right? Because he like explicitly says this, okay? He says things like, uh, listen to the words of your father, okay? Because he actually wants to pass down what he learned uh, his, through his like, uh, mistakes and his successes. So because we don't know exactly who this author is, we will simply refer to him as teacher. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes, to put it bluntly, is a very uh, depressing book uh, for the most part. But what makes it even more depressing is that it is a letter that the author wrote to his children. Now, can you imagine being a, a parent and writing um, this long, drawn-out letter about the meaning of life, and it pretty much <laughs> it pretty much says uh, life sucks. <laughs> life sucks. Now, many people who um, also study Buddhism uh, refer to the Book of Ecclesiastes as being very. Uh, synonymous with Buddhism because you know a, a, a kind of a mantra or a motto of Buddhism is that all of life is suffering right and so any joy or any happiness or any emotion that you might feel is kind of an illusion right and so that's kind of why many very very devout Buddhists are very even keeled right and so a lot of Buddhists very devout Buddhists love the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? Not just because um, the message is like life sucks, but it's also very, very realistic. And there's a lot of wisdom there, okay? Um, the first thing that is quoted from this teacher of Ecclesiastes in chapter one is that uh, he says out loud with loud exclamation points, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Now, um, the last thing that this teacher says is meaningless, <laughs> meaningless, everything is meaningless near the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. So it's kind of bookended. <laughs> the book of Ecclesiastes is bookended with the teacher proclaiming that life is meaningless on both ends. And so if you read through this book of Ecclesiastes, you will discover that the teacher states three things humans can absolutely know with certainty about life okay death <laughs> the inability to control life and the inability to know the future 
Okay, these are the three things that human beings can be sure of with regards to life itself. Okay, death, the inability to control life, and the inability to know the future. Okay, and these are themes that you see throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. He says the only thing that humans can know for certain is that we will all eventually die. That is the one certainty that you know about the future. Man, if this author, this teacher, was uh, a teenager today at um, some random high schools, at, at different schools in, across America, he would be quickly given the title of uh, emo. Now, this is a term that I heard a lot when I was a youth pastor um, like 10 years ago. So I don't know how uh, up-to-date <laughs> my teen jargon is, but um, he would definitely be categorized as someone who is emo. There's probably a new wor word out there that describes a, a teenager like that. But this all brings us back to today's passage, okay? The one word that appears repeatedly in today's passage is the word time. Time. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, so on and so forth. Okay. Now, during this period, okay, during this um, uh, uh, kind of a medieval period, or um, before the time of Christ, Obviously, they didn't have clocks or, or like watches like we do today. So their concept of time was very different from our concept of time. Uh, they didn't even have calendars, okay? Um, each kind of region or kingdom kind of had their own calendar, okay? Depending on uh, their language, their culture, and uh, significant milestones in their kingdom's history, okay? Their basis of life moving forward was primarily by days and nights and also by seasons. Okay, that was really like their kind of concept of time. But uh, throughout in one day, though, however, the way that they broke down time or kind of looked at the time was through by looking at e events. Okay, they wouldn't look they wouldn't think about like, oh, uh, at 8 o'clock, I have to do this, all right? At 9 a.m., I have to do that, okay? They just know in particular days, there are a few events that will happen, okay? Um, maybe there's, like, they have to go to the market, okay? They have to go to the, um, the vendors and get whatever they need. That will be an event, okay? Or maybe in the evening, they're going to have dinner with some of their neighbors. Okay, that is an event. Okay, so they don't really think about it as like time-based. They think about it as event-based. So this is why if you read, especially in the Old Testament, okay, uh, in the New Testament, they do have markers. They say like in the third hour of the day, which is um, like 9 a.m., okay, or they would say in the sixth hour of the day, that's like around noon, roughly. But in the Old Testament, they didn't really talk about time in that way, okay? They would talk about events. Uh, for example, they would say things like, during the exile of uh, Israel from the Babylonians, okay? They wouldn't say in the year 600 BC, okay? <laughs> okay and that's something that like we started after the time of Christ, okay? It's not like they're gonna, 
think about the year before the time of Christ, or they would say in the year that King Uzziah died. Okay, they can't name the year by number, okay, but they can uh, uh, name the time by this significant event. And so when King Uzziah died, that was a very, very significant event in the Israelites' history. So in the Old Testament period, which is when the book of Ecclesiastes was written, as long as there were changes going on and various different events that were happening, you can be sure that time was moving forward. So as the teacher is listing all of these different events that happen in a typical person's life, uh, to the ancient listeners and to the ancient readers, the teacher was simply stating that life will inevitably move forward with time. Life moves on. People are born, people die. Plants grow, plants die. Okay, seasons change. Seasons constantly change. And this brings us to the first lesson uh, from today's passage, is that change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. I try to meditate every so often, and I've been using this app on my phone called Calm. Uh, I, I really, really love this app. Um, sometimes in the middle of the day, um, my wife and kids will find me just like lying down on my yoga mat or um, like on the carpet or something, or even in like uh, one of our beds. And um, I'll just have my earbuds on and I'm just like kind of zoned out. And my kids know that like I'm like meditating. Um, I don't, why did I put that in quotes? I'm, I'm really meditating. Uh, and you know, maybe, maybe once in a while I'll fall asleep, but that's not like common. Okay, it is kind of common, but it doesn't happen the majority of the time, okay? Um, man, as I'm saying that, like I sound like such a hippie, <laughs> but that's okay. But there is this one wonderful quote that the great theologian Bob Dylan said, there is nothing so stable as change. And uh, the Calm app actually quoted him. <laughs> there is nothing, nothing so stable as change. One of the things we will all have to encounter in life is that we need to know how to remain grounded in this ever-changing landscape of life. If you read Ecclesiastes 3, um, you know, it, everything makes sense, right? Like you read it, yeah, of course, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Of course, right? Um, there's a time to tear down and a time to build. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. All of these things make sense, right? Cognitively and logically. But when that time comes around, okay? when that time of seasonal change comes around, how well do you actually handle it? Some seasonal changes you probably handle better than others. But when it's time to mourn, do, you, do we really live in that moment, right? Do we really mourn or do we just run away? When it's time to mend broken relationships, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though you might think that the other person does not deserve it. 
are you able to lean into it? Or do you just ignore that problem? When it's time to be silent and hear someone out sincerely, are you able to do it? Or do you just wait for your turn to speak or even just interrupt the person because it's just way too hard to hear? Change is inevitable. We all know that, right? If you are a critically thinking, somewhat intelligent adult, you know that change in life is inevitable. But when that time comes, how well do you actually handle it? This is why it's so important to remain grounded in God because God is never changing. His character, His being, uh, His character, His essence never changes. And so, it, as long as we remain grounded and anchored in God, we will be okay. Okay, life can change all around us. Circumstances may change. But as long as we remain grounded in God, we will be okay. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. Uh, I'm not saying it's like not even going to hurt. Okay, a lot of the changes that we go through will inevitably hurt. Okay, but change is going to happen. A huge part of what it means to grow and mature in Christ is to be aware and accepting of timing, of life's timing, when to step into things, when to let go of things. Okay, we have to be aware of the um, inevitable change that happens with life. Another reason why change constantly happens is that change helps us to be grateful. Change helps us to be grateful. When we know that all living things must die, we treasure life itself even more. When we know that relationships might eventually end or fade, We treasure those relationships that much more. Uh, When we know that, um, you know, we're not going to probably stay at the same job forever, uh, we are grateful for that opportunity to be working in that career or in that particular department or that job as long as we're there. Many times uh, we are so fixated on moving on to the next thing, it's really, really difficult for us to remain grateful for what we have right now. Last week, um, many of us gathered in our home, uh, in, 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 in our family's home, to have a little going away lunch for a dear friend of ours and a couple who've been a part of our church since the very beginning. Um, their names are Chris and Jenny. Now, they've been preparing to move to New York um, for quite some time now because Chris uh, got a great position uh, as a professor over at Cornell University in Ithaca. And we knew that this was going to happen. Uh, they've been preparing for uh, months and months and months. And so uh, it wasn't a surprise, but um, 
knowing that they were going to leave soon, uh, it just made us so grateful for the time that we had with them. And, you know, the lunch last week was definitely bittersweet, but it just made us very grateful, um, you know, knowing that this significant change was going to happen in our relationship and also in our community. There is this really, really famous cheesy saying, um, and I'm not exactly sure who originally coined it. Okay, it goes something like this. The past is history. The future is a mystery. This moment is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Some people think it originated with an author. His name is Alan Johnson. Other people think it might be from Lisa Unger, but I would like to attribute it to Master Ugwe from Kung Fu Panda. Um, and his version, as you can see here, is slightly different. <laughs> uh, yesterday is history. Um, tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Okay, he kind of, you know, made his own spin on it. This brings us to the last lesson that we learn about uh, seasons changing. Change reminds us to be present. Change reminds us to be present. In verse 11 of today's passage, it says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Every moment has its own inherent beauty. Yes, even the difficult moments, even the painful moments has its own inherent beauty because it helps you to be grateful for what you have. Okay, and this kind of connects to our previous point. I, I find this to be true, um, especially in the painful moments of life that every moment that we have is such a gift. And when I visit patients at bedside, when they are kind of at the last leg of their life and they have family members around them who are grieving uh, the potential loss that they are going to experience, there's, I mean, this might sound weird, but there's beauty there. There's so much beauty there because you could just feel the love in the room you know, behind the grief, there is so much love there and so much history and I could feel it and they don't even need to say all that much, right? But I could just feel it in the room. And I, I'm realizing this uh, every time I visit a different patient. And even though being a chaplain is uh, similar to being a pastor, um, the situations that I'm in are, are very different. For example, when I'm a pastor, I want to enter into like a lifelong relationship with my church members. Okay, I want to be their pastor, hopefully, for the rest of our lives. Okay, and most of life is mundane. Okay, most of life is mundane. Yes, I will be there for the highs and the lows, and, but I also want to be there for the mundane parts of life, which is um, most of it. Okay, uh, but being a chaplain, I am uh, providing. The, the same kind of 
spiritual and emotional care that I do as a pastor, but it is for one patient at a time, and it is at one critical moment in their lives, and then that's it, okay? And then I, most, most of them I never see again, right? So it's for one patient at one critical moment of their lives. And so while I am there, I am being as present as possible. That patient is the most important person in the world in that moment to me. And because I know that I'm probably never going to see them again, that helps me be so incredibly present with them. And that is a gift that I share with them. And this is a moment that uh, we share with each other. The author uh, Robert Louis Stevenson said, do not judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. I know that the moment that I share with this patient is, um, I'm not gonna really be able to see the results of most of them. <clears throat> most of the patients are not gonna like come back to the hospital and like thank the chaplain for their care, okay? They're just not gonna do that, all right? Um, so I just have to trust that this present moment is very important in their lives and I have to do my best to be able to love them in um, a way that they'll experience love, okay? Now, the second half of this verse, okay, verse 11, says, He has also set eternity in human heart. <clears throat> the first half of this verse says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. And the second half of this verse says, he has also set eternity in the human heart. As far as we know, human beings are the only conscious beings who are aware of this concept of time. This means that we have the ability to live in the present, okay, but also kind of carry with us our experiences and knowledge and wisdom from our past and also kind of think ahead and plan for the future. It might seem that some animals might plan for the future because um, like, uh, like beavers, they, they make dams, right? Or bears, they go and hibernate. Birds make nests for their babies. But all of these are, they're working off of instinct, okay? It's kind of like built into their DNA. Okay, uh, they feel this seasons changing or their lives kind of entering into this next chapter. Uh, maybe they're going to become parents soon and they kind of like are preparing their nesting for that. Um, but all of these are uh, instincts that animals are working off of. But human beings, we have this incredible ability to be living in the present, but carry with us these experiences from the past and kind of our goals and hopes or plans for the future. Okay, human beings are very, very unique in this way. And the reason why the teacher in the book of Ecclesiastes is reminding this uh, to us is he's ultimately saying like treasure this unique gift that you have to be able to wrap your minds somewhat, okay, as much as we are able with our limited thinking, to wrap our minds around this concept 
of time. Time. In closing, I want to share um, this music video, this song, uh, and the song was, um, or this message was inspired by this song. It is from one of my favorite bands, uh, United Pursuit. And this song has meant so much to me in my life when I was going through different um, seasons of change. And it's been very comforting, okay? And this song ha has the same title of today's message, which is Seasons Change. And so in closing, uh, I wanted to share it with you and watch it together. And really, um, as you're watching it and listening to the beautiful melodies, uh, really pay attention to the lyrics which will be written down uh, below in the subtitles it's so wonderful the way they weave the lyrics and the melodies together it's um and, and the improv improvisation improvisation of the instrumentalists really adds a lot of color and layers to the song in such a beautiful way so um uh i hope you enjoy the song and i hope it blesses you and I hope we all remain grounded in God, even though seasons may change. God bless.